Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Full 40 Podcast. And let me be the first to say Merry Christmas. Big East Tournament is back. MSG, it's real. In the heart of it all, New York City, we're excited. And we've come to share this exciting excitement with you with a special Full 40 Minutes with Chris and Rob previewing the Big East Tournament. Rob, how do you feel? I'm pretty pumped. I mean, this is, well, we always like to talk about March Madness as the NCAA tournament and that first week of the NCAA tournament being the best week in college basketball. This week is right up there. There is so much good basketball to be played, and there's a ton happening in New York as well, so I feel like we're especially spoiled. Championship week is so exciting. Like, for a pure college basketball fan... The first four days of the NCAA tournament are, I get it, the best days of the year because it's just 12 to midnight, just nonstop action. But championship week, when you got the teams in the smaller conferences fighting to get into the NCAA tournament for their lives, like everything came, comes down to that. And in the big conferences, you got teams trying to work their way on or the bubble or get like, solidified. Like DePaul. DePaul's on very much on the bubble right now. DePaul is trying not to, on the to. bubble. But this is the week that it all comes down and we finally find out who's going to be in. So this podcast is focusing primarily on the Big East Tournament and everything you need to know, all the fun facts that you got to know going in. And also we're going to hit on some other tournaments going on uh, and tell you who to root for. That's important because we got to root for the teams that Villanova played so we look as good as possible on Selection Sunday. That's right, because... As always, the narrative is nobody believes in us. Oh, well, we've maybe passed that point, I guess. Yeah. We've, I, we've been number one for a lot this season. Yeah, no, I think we're getting the respect now that we finally deserve. Uh, so let's just dive right in. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go 10 to 1 in terms of seed lines in the Big East tournament. And let me tell you some important information that you need to know, and we'll go from there. So the 10 seed in the Big East is... The DePaul Blue Demons. Like we said, they are very much on the bubble. I think they're I think they're bubble in right now. They're bubble in. You mean they got an at-large invite to the Big East tournament? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> they had to call in a favor just to get the invite. They should probably just turn it down. Just just stay in do everybody a favor and just stay in Chicago. Yeah, there's a big snowstorm on Wednesday. <laughs> just just no, don't we're bother. We're good. Let's just We we spent enough airtime on DePaul already. Moving on. Yeah, we're done. Okay. All right. So the nine seed is the St. John's Red Storm. Mm. And right away, this is exciting. You have a team as the St. John's Red Storm nine seed who has an outside shot of going on a dramatic run. They do. In the Big East tournament. Absolutely. And I will say, we seem very excited. I think our exciting word count is up to at least 10 already. That's fine. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll hit 30 by the end. <laughs> it's <laughs> like we'll see Villanova basketball. Exactly. It is our Villanova basketball. <laughs> yep. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. They could, they're the one team to me that I feel like their fan base 
is effectively at home, right? I right. mean, MSG yep. is pseudo their home court when they're not playing on campus out in Queens. And I think they're ready to go on a tear. Shamori Pons, man, he got his first team all Big East honors. We saw what he can do against us firsthand. And he's the guy, I think he's he's so ready for the spotlight. We saw over the weekend some of these Rutgers guys going one-on-one in MSG. I'm excited for Pons, though. I think he's he's ready to light it up. Yeah. Pons looks like this could be his stage. St. John's can do this. Yeah, they got, we're, they got, we're not being like we're not being facetious about this. Either. No, Duke. They beat Duke yeah. at the Garden. Then they went on the road and beat us. Yep. They've played Xavier close. They've played pretty much every team in the Big East close. <laughs> who, who hasn't but played Xavier? Here's close? the weirdest thing about yeah, everyone played Xavier close. But here's the weirdest thing about St. John's. The one team that they haven't been able to beat is their first round opponent, the Georgetown Hoyas. So the eighth seed is Georgetown, and that's an interesting game. First off, you got the natural excitement of Mullen, Ewing, in the Garden, coaching against each other now in the Big East tournament. That's right away a big – that's a big draw on Wednesday night. But the thing about that is that St. John's – if St. John's – St. John's lost twice to them, and if St. John's can – beat them it's hard to beat a team three times if st john's can beat them then they got xavier who again i said they played close twice and if they could get past xavier the cool thing there is that st john's would have picked up two wins gotten their record to above 500 and in order to make the nit you have to have at least a 500 record so even if St. John's doesn't tear all the way to the title and into, into the NCAA tournament, which I would definitely not want to play them if, yeah. if they did that. But St. John's also has the chance to get into the postseason. So they got to beat Georgetown and they got to beat Xavier. And then they have a chance to get an at-large bid to the NIT. Which is almost as good as getting an at-large, at-large bid to the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not it's, quite the same. It's not, it's not super exciting, but hey, it's revenue dollars for the Big East. We'll take it. That's true. I don't even know this. Would they, if they made the NIT, could they play, and assuming they were the top seed, could they get a home game at MSG? I feel like scheduling, there's no way it would work out. No, but. MSG, would. They, they don't have it reserved. Oh. So they'd have to play their home games at Carnesecca. But if they are 500, I don't think they're getting, I don't think they're getting the, uh, the respect of getting the home game in the first couple of rounds. That's true. I, I will like hate on the NIT a lot, but I think the one really cool thing about the NIT is the fact that you do get the home court advantage and they play the games on campus to start. It's just a really neat buzz for teams that are actually excited about that. Yeah, so the NIT is, look, no one at Villanova is going to get excited about the NIT. That's true. But if you're building your program back up again, if you're Georgetown or St. John's, you want to get into the postseason of any consequence because because a you don't want your season to end it's more games together they have a lot of young people on each team and it gives you more times to refine your uh refine your skills and um it it also provides that playoff atmosphere so so yes it's not the ncaa tournament but you want to make the nit if you're on your way up I would think so. So that's something that's a building block for next year for either Georgetown or St. John's. Which I think, and it's actually a good transition to Georgetown, I feel like if Georgetown is able to do that, because they're in a pretty similar spot, that's a huge win for Patrick Ewing, who 
played the really soft out of conference schedule this the year. The singular worst out of conference schedule for an NCAA major conference team ever. <laughs> it's it's quite impressive. <laughs> you need to that needs to be stated every time you refer to the 2017-2018 Georgetown Hoyas out of conference schedule. Soft. Hashtag soft. Hashtag real soft. <laughs> yeah. But I gotta I will give credit to Ewing and we've we've been a little bullish on Ewing as a coach. I mean if you look back on it and let's say Georgetown actually wins a game, they're they're eligible already for the NIT, but let's say they win a game and they get picked for the NIT. If you're Ewing, you said you deployed this strategy where you said, We're not gonna play anybody in out of conference. We run our record to ten and zero, which is great. Pick up five wins in the Big East, fine, struggle through that. Had definitely some improvement throughout the year. And then can end the season saying, hey, we actually went to the postseason. That's a that's a great first season because their team was supposed to be horrible the, this year. The whole program was in shambles. Absolute when Pat, shambles. Pat, and Pat Ewing came over. It yeah. was like, JT3 and, frankly, his dad left that whole program as an utter disaster. Yeah, uh, and and for Patrick Ewing to come in and make the NIT would be a pretty big accomplishment. I, I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean they they actually have something to play for. Like I don't think I don't think Georgetown has any delusions that they're going to win. While I do think St. John's has an off chance that they could somehow win four in a row and win the Big East tournament. I don't think Georgetown no. has any delusions that they can they can make that happen. But I think they'll try to pick up a win or two. And, well, I mean, a win. So let's try to pick up a win and get to the NIT. Yeah. And that's a great season for them. No question. Yeah. So enough about them. Seven seed, the Marquette Golden Eagles. I feel like we previewed this earlier on where we said somehow we're going to see Marquette in the 2-7 in the game and then have to play Seton Hall in the semifinal of the Big East tournament. And it looks like that's going to happen. A full 40 just – Cutting analysis for you here. Yeah. So so here, let, let's just do this. We're going to go ahead and move Marquette past DePaul. <laughs> Again, bold prediction. You heard it here first. Although Marquette just lost to DePaul last week, we think that Marquette will get it done this time. I still can't get over that. Marquette's a very much a bubble team. I think they're bubble out right now. But they've got a. We touched on this before. They've got a game against Marquette. It's or game against DePaul. It's a must win, and they lose against DePaul. But yeah, I agree. I think they'll get it done this time. If Marquette, so Marquette's an interesting situation, as you just said. Marquette. I was looking at uh, ESPN's bracketology today, and Lunardi's got Marquette as his first four out. Theoretically, Marquette has a legitimate chance of playing their way in to the NCAA tournament. The way they have to do that is. They have to beat they have to beat DePaul. No question. Yes. If they don't, they're out. And then so if they beat DePaul, they should watch the selection show. Yeah. If they if they lose to DePaul, don't bother watching the selection <laughs> Stay in show. Your dorm room. Yeah, just 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 hide. If you if you beat DePaul, watch the selection show. But be prepared to watch it from your dorm room. Yeah. Don't 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 get together. It's <laughs> yeah. probably not gonna go well. Don't don't broadcast that one. Just yeah. If you then beat us, then you get the team together and you watch it because I think you're probably going to punch your ticket with two wins. Yeah, one of the wins being against a top seed. Yes, no question. Which actually brings us to an interesting memory. 
one of my favorite Big East tournament games, my Big East tournament favorite tournament memories, was Villanova Marquette in 2009. Mm. Um, so we were seniors. That was the year we went to the Final Four. That day was just an amazing Big East tournament day. So we had the noon game, the 4-5 matchup. We were the four seed. Marquette was the five. At the Garden, we, we, we went. It was a tight game all the way through. I think we surrendered a, a lead. We surrendered a pretty big lead. I think you're right. And then, and then Marquette hit a shot to go ahead in the final couple seconds. We came down the floor. Reggie Redding, I believe, made a sweet pass to Dwayne Anderson. I was going to say Dwayne, yeah. I think it was Dwayne Anderson. And Dwayne Anderson put a layup that almost bounced out. Yes. But, but bounced in. And with that win, actually secured us the three seed that we ended up getting in the NCAAs. But... And we know how that turned out. That was, so that was a buzzer beater. And then, and then later that day, after the game, we were all happy. We went out, got drinks. Uh, I think we hung out at Stout. I think Father Peter had a thing, and we were all hanging out. And then, and then we went back to our buddy's house in New Jersey for the night. And that was the night of the Syracuse-UConn six-overtime game. Which is probably the best... I mean, arguably the best Big East tournament game of all time. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Six overtimes is just Six absurd. overtimes is just crazy. And that's the kind of thing that gets us excited about... There it is. Excited again. Excited. Boom. Got uh, it. That's the kind of thing that gets us excited about the Big East tournament. Stuff like that. It's just crazy stuff happens all the time. Yeah. So if Marquette gets past the ball, which we've already slotted them in, it's going to be a tough game. Marquette hates us. Yep. We'll we'll have to deal with that. We'll have to deal with that when we get there. So they beat so their tournament chances. So if they beat us, we think they're in. If they then they then beat us, they'd be playing Seton Hall or Butler. And a win there is a guarantee. If they win there, like they're they're in if they beat us. Yeah. But if they're if they then go ahead and make make it all the way to the tournament championship, then they're happy. Then they're then they're definitely in. You know what? I think I'll go so far as to say, if they actually win the tournament, they're definitely going to make the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first on the <laughs> on the full forty minutes. If a team wins the Big East tournament, they're going to make the NCAA. Tournament. No, no, just Marquette. Just Marquette. Only, only Marquette. Oh man, it only applies to Marquette. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so automatic qualifier aside, <laughs> <laughs> if Marquette wins the Big East tournament, they're going to make the NCAA's. I feel confident about that. <laughs> nice. I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. All right, so we feel good about Marquette. All right, moving on. Next up, Butler playing Seton Hall. So Butler is the sixth seed. And it's an interesting sixth seed because I think if you had to say who do you think is the team that's actually bubble in, I think most people have Butler now in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. But Providence is the team as the five seed that people have as bubble and need to be and need probably need to win a game. But Butler's probably in already, but the Butler Seton Hall game is an interesting matchup. Seton Hall went on the road at Hinkle and beat Butler, uh, which is always a good. And match. Butler's had a weird finish to this season. Uh, not, hasn't exactly looked good at times. Looked good at other times. It's kind of been a weird it's, finish. It's really weird. I mean, they, if you go back throughout their season, they start off great, beat Ohio State in some epic, like way back, beat Ohio State, and in they the, beat us before the and New they beat year. us. And at that point, they're kind of at a high point. And yeah, the close of the season has not been that great. But yeah, it looks like they're in at this point. Tough matchup against Seton Hall. I think at this point, though, they're playing for seeding. 
It's if you beat Seton Hall, great, you'll improve your seed. Well, Seton Hall's definitely in. Seton Hall's definitely in, but no, the, they're, they're but both if, playing for seeding. If Butler wins, then they're re- resting totally comfortably on Selection Sunday. If they lose, I still have them in, but it could get a little dicey. Yeah. Then they're they're putting in a little bit more to if there are some bad breaks in terms of some of the weaker conferences, it's a little bit more up in the air. But I'm with you. They get a win, done. Check the box. All right, all right. To move on. So so we're through the first. We're through the lower half of the bracket here for the Big East. Let's talk. Let's stop now and talk about some other facts about those schools or those mascots or anything else that you want to hit on. So first thing off the bat is you got. Even though Georgetown's the Hoyas, you got two Bulldogs. We're a big fan at the full 40 of the live dogs that they roll out. Right. So if I'm going to root for, if I'm picking another team to root for within the Big East, and I'm basing it on mascots, I don't know why I would do that. But if I was, I think it would have to be somebody who has the live dog mascot, which is almost the exact opposite end of the spectrum for me of the people mascots, such as the next team who was on our list that we we're going to run through was the Providence Friars, who whoever runs their marketing department in athletics should probably be fired because somehow they keep rolling out the f- most frightening mascot in America, the Providence Friar. I don't understand it. N- literally, no one wants to see that. Like, nobody invites that to child's birthday parties. Yeah. It's a, the the Providence Friar is an abomination. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. It's so bad. Some, somebody said it was a good idea at one point because it got approved. Somebody else said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that." And then they've continued to say it's a good idea, or we can't come up with anything better. Let me tell you, anything better would be just nothing. Yeah, just correct. don't. Just don't do a if mascot. You don't have a mascot. It's better than the Providence. Friday. Way better. And then, I think they've since changed it, but they used to have one that wore all white. Which with a, which it, I mean it is it, it it's it's a nod to the their the friars, friars right. <laughs> I'll also say it kind of comes across like a nod to something else. <laughs> we won't we're, say it. We're not going to say it. We're going to take you to the. <laughs> we're going to be the. We're going to lead you to the water. You can drink from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It is definitely a nod to something else. But you're touching on a point that is it is very, it's very sensitive to me. It's it's really close. I just don't like people-based mascots. I was personally offended last weekend when we went to the Big Ten tournament. As good as it was, I saw a lot of people mascots. Oh, boy. Boiler up! Oh, my God. The Purdue mascot is <laughs> horrible. It's just you distort the facial features. It's uncomfortable. Nobody really wants to look at it. Nobody can really get excited about it because you're a little uncomfortable. It's just just don't do it. I feel like you can do, like, a remake of the movie It with these people mascots. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, it's terrible. And, and you know what you could do? So Xavier's another one. They've got a people mascot, which I'm not, like, a fan of. It's not, the, it's not the worst, though. But they also have the random nonsensical blue blob as well. Yeah. So you could just throw your actual name aside and just say, hey, we're just going to come up with some random thing. Right. And, and we're just going to embrace it. Kind of like St. John's. Red Storm, they didn't think that one through. Yeah. They didn't think through Red Storm. Oh, we got to make a mascot out of this. Like, what are you going to do, create a thunderstorm? Like, what is it? Yeah. So so they made some, like, bird. 
You know what I like the team who kind of embraced that the most is is Stanford, the Stanford Cardinal. The tree? The tree. They said, this is ridiculous. We're going to embrace the fact that it's ridiculous. And they made just a straight-up silly mascot. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're going to have a dumb mascot, just totally go for it and say, this is a joke. Don't try to, don't try to do the fryer thing, which just disturbs everyone around you. Or what you could do is you could just take a carpet and make your mascot like the St. Joe's hawk. Oh. The, the hawk is, is so, it's so ugly. The hawk's ugly. <laughs> they just need a new costume. It doesn't... It doesn't it, look good. It looks like it's been in... They've been using it for 30 years, which they probably should. Like, I mean, I know the hawk will never die, but that doesn't mean the hawk can't change its outfit. Yeah, the, ho- the hawk should evolve. Yeah, come on. It literally looks like they took a carpet, like an area rug, and cut a hole in it, and that's what the hawk's running around. <laughs> it's not a good look. With a chicken head. As we would say. Because the head looks like a chick. It does not look like a hawk. It does not look like a hawk. Oh, speaking of birds, though, some good mascots that I do appreciate in the Big East. Marquette, Creighton. Yep. Pretty good, pretty good mascots. Of course, nobody comes close to Wildy Cat. Wildy Cat. Yikes. Yikes, guys. Um, no, I, Will is Will's great. I really do like the dogs, though. Butler and Georgetown. Wildy Cat is the, is the best mascot. Have we ever had a live cat? We should have a wild cat. I, I, I <laughs> probably wrongly <laughs> warn against that. <laughs> probably not be a good idea. Wildy Cat wasn't always the best mascot, though. If you go back and look at videos from like the 1985 championship, every time they pan to that gray thing that was oh. the mascot, it is, it is the most hideous thing. That's terrifying. That looks like – it was like a, 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 a cat that kind of got like stuck in like a dusty area <laughs> for a while and then kind of came out and you're like, oh, it's a cat that came off the street or whatever. <laughs> and that's what it looks like. The Villanova, the Villanova homeless cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's kind of the '80s, though. Like, I love, I love doing my '80s night dress up or whatever. But the '80s, you look back on a lot of things and say, "Ah, oh, really?" Though I will say, I do love similar vein the '90s Villanova jerseys. Uh, I saw a picture of Kerry Kittles wearing some '90s Villanova jersey the other day with the dinosaur lettering. I'm all about and it. Th- we had maroon in our color pattern. <laughs> Did not like that. I don't know how. I wonder how that happened. I would actually love to look that up. We should do that on the next episode of how did we end up with maroon worked into a blue and white? And they still had a little bit of light blue. It was a lot of colors going on. <laughs> so many colors. That said, I I would absolutely I'd pay good money for an authentic. Carrie Kittle's 90s jersey dinosaur with the dinosaur letter. lettering. Oh, man. It's got to be the dinosaur lettering. So so right. moving on. We're way off topic. Yeah, like what, what are we even doing? We, we, were, we were going through seeding. We were up to Providence. I don't Do we want – let's not talk about Providence. We've talked about – we've talked oh, about uh, – The question is, is can the fighting Chiron Cartwrights <laughs> make it into the NCAA tournament? They're, they are on the bubble. Providence is the bubble. Well, as of – Recording of this podcast, Kyron Cartwright has been named Big East Player of the Year. So, of course, they can make it to the tournament. He is not the Big East Player of the <laughs> all Year. All right, all right. He didn't make the Big East Player of the Year. The, as much as our marketing campaign, we tried to make it happen. Our we made him a hashtag. Our 10 followers didn't get the job done. Come on, no. guys. But So, Providence needs to win a game. If they win a game, which they'll pick up that win against Creighton, which is a surefire tournament team... They are definitely in the NCAA tournament. You could book it. If they lose that game, they're sweating on Selection Sunday. Yeah. 
Creighton. So now that we've gotten to the upper half, the upper echelon, like Villanova, Xavier, uh, Seton Hall, and Creighton are all definitely in. No questions asked. It doesn't matter what happens in the Big East tournament. All four of those teams are making it. So why don't we then talk about they're all making it. And like Seton Hall, Creighton, we just played recently. We've talked a bunch about. Why don't we let's maybe look at what's it going to take since we're playing for seeds. Villanova and Xavier right now are on the one line. Right. What does it take for each of us to lock up the one? So I think what happens in this point, I think what happens in other conferences really matters. But here's what we know. UVA is going to be the overall number one seed in, in the NCAA tournament. I'm pretty confident of that, that they could lose in their first round and still... <laughs> Wait, mind you, UVA can lose in their first round, which they have the double bye. In so the it's ACC, their third round. The third round. They can lose in the third round of the ACC tournament. Right. And Which, by the way, for our listeners, Kyle Guy, who's one of their best players, just sprained his MCL, which is, I think it's TBD on how long he's going to be out, but actually a, a huge loss for them. Yeah, that'd be a huge loss. I, I, I don't like seeing that. I actually want teams to be healthy. No, I so, agree. I so agree. I, hope that they get, I hope they get them back. But we have UVA in firmly in as the number one overall seed. So there's nothing <laughs> that could happen that's going to change that. They could pull a DePaul and just straight up not show up to the ACC tournament and they'd still get a one seed. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So then you have Villanova and Xavier who look like the next two best after that. Yeah. So so then the other teams that have stuff going on in their conference tournaments, you got Duke who if they go on a tear in the ACC, they have a good shot. Mm-hmm. And you got Kansas who if they win the Big 12 tournament, I think they got a shot. And then you have – and then the only other team at all that I think has an outside chance is Cincy. If Cincinnati wins out and in the process beats Wichita State again, I think that they're probably going to get there. Cincy's so, on the two line now, Cincy's right? Cincy's on the two. I don't know if I, I – I think there's a lot of stuff that would have to happen for Cincy to move well, all the way up. Purdue's to done. Yeah. So, they did not win the Big Ten. So the, so the other teams that are on the two – so we've got Cincinnati's on the two, Duke, and this is as of Monday night, Joe Lenardi. Cincinnati, Duke, North Carolina, and Purdue are all on the two. Purdue's season is done. They can't, move, they can't move up. Purdue right, can't move no, up. Purdue's done. Purdue's locked in basically as a two. North Carolina just had two losses in the week. They very much, that's it. If they make a run and win the ACC tournament, there's an argument to be made yeah, if they beat Duke and UVA There's along the way. Absolutely an argument to be made. Absolutely an argument to be made for North Carolina. For sure. Duke is the exact same argument. Yes. And actually, Duke may not even need to win it. Correct. If Depending Kansas, on what if Kansas, Kansas does. Falls out. Totally yeah. agree. Cincinnati, however, a lot of things have to happen. You've got to have – they, one, have to win, and two, have to beat Wichita State because Wichita State's – only the really only other quality team in the American. So they've got to they've got to win. They've got to be they've got to be Wichita State. And they need Duke to not win, North Carolina to not win. Probably one. I mean, obviously one or us of Xavier is not going to win. And they but need like, Kansas. And they need to Kansas not to win. Is, yeah, and because Kansas Kansas is on the one right now. Yeah. So looking around, who do I actually think has a real shot? 
So we know UVA is locked in. You got us two. And then for that fourth one spot, you got Kansas and Duke, right? Kansas and Duke slash UNC. It doesn't matter. It's the same, it's the same argument. So if Kansas and Duke and UNC, if none of those teams win their conference tournament and Villanova and Xavier at least win a game in the Big East, I think that Villanova and Xavier are going to wind up on the one line. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you'd have to have Duke and Duke, UNC, and Cincinnati. You're absolutely right. Would have to straight up win their tournaments to move up to the one line, assuming Villanova and Xavier win a game. I'm totally with you on that. So I think I think the bar synopsis is the bar for Villanova and Xavier is win one game and root for UVA to win the ACC tournament because if if UVA wins the ACC tournament, obviously, like we said, they're already locked into the number one overall, we think. They then ensure that Duke, UNC probably stay on the two line, and we're in good shape. Yep. All right, so bottom line, root for UVA. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're, we're endorsing UVA here. Absolutely. I'm totally on the UVA bandwagon. They're my second team in the tournament. Okay, so... So that's 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 what I think is going to happen there. Let's talk. Let's just wrap up the conversation on the Big East with who you're looking out for. Who do you think is going to win? How do you think this is going to shake out? So, as much as I want to say I think Villanova is going to win, I think Xavier is going to pull it out. I think what's going to happen. We're going to we'll win our first game against Marquette, assuming Marquette beats DePaul. I think we end up tripping up i see us tripping up against seton hall i think seton hall comes back they're angry they've got desi rodriguez back they want to make a statement and they knock us off fine whatever i think we still lock up the one seed xavier they're excited and they get their first double they complement their first regular season title with their first big east title it would be a hell of a it would be a hell of a season and then no one could argue with them on the one line yeah, absolutely. Firmly entrenched. Absolutely, yeah. Firmly entrenched. Which, wait, did you see today that we jumped? Oh, my God. Xavier in the AP poll? Like, what? I <laughs> if, if I'm Chris Mack, I am printing the AP poll from last week and this week and putting that in big, bold letters in my locker room. Absolutely. Bulletin board material. This is what they think of you. I didn't think that we deserved to jump Xavier. I mean, that Georgetown win was real quality. I think win. we said we might have said on the last podcast. Sorry, so Xavier is going to be number two team in the country next week. Like, took it for granted. Yeah, because they because they should have been. They should have been. The Georgetown win isn't that great, and I guess the media is saying, "Look, they've already beat DePaul twice." And or wow, DePaul beat yikes. Yeah, we did beat DePaul twice, but we also beat Xavier twice. So the media is saying, "Hey, you beat Xavier twice." You're actually a better team. We acknowledge that. But, yeah, if I'm, I'm with you. If I'm Chris Mack, that's the motivation right there. Yeah. So, all right. So, so you got Xavier. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Villanova. Oh. I think Villanova is getting it done. Crazy. Crazy. I know. I think we're, but I think we're going to get this done. Okay. But, okay, aside from Z- players on Xavier and Villanova, who are your players to watch in the Big East tournament? The guy we touched on earlier, Shamori Pons. He's, it's essentially a bit of a home court advantage. He's already shown he can step up in the garden. I think the fan base is ready to go. I think he's ready to go. He wants to make a statement on national TV as much as he can and get his team in. He's going to make some noise. 
right. I, I'm going to go with Marcus Howard on Marquette. I think that I think that he has a I think that he has a legitimate shot to be a really uh, exciting player in the Garden if he gets hot from deep. Like watch out. Yeah. Because him and Rousey could go bananas, and it could just be, you know, a, a three-ball festival yeah. in MSG. Uh, so that's one player to watch out for. If he doesn't get hot, then, I mean, Marquette's going to bow up pretty early. Um, okay, on Villanova, including been back in the conversation, my player to watch is Dante DiVincenzo. A couple years ago, uh, a few years back, Josh Hart was a sophomore, won the sixth man of the year, right? And then went on to be the Big East Tournament most outstanding player yeah. as the sixth man. And he just lit it up that entire tournament and it was outstanding. Dante DiVincenzo shouts to him, just won sixth man of the year. We talked about that on the last podcast and he sealed it up today. So congrats to Dante on that front. I could see him. He loves playing in the garden. He always plays he well does, yeah. against St. John's there. I could see him tearing it up in MSG and kind of repeating history a little bit with what Josh Hart did a few years back. Yeah, I could I could definitely see it. It's kind of crazy. I think while Dante is technically a sophomore, he's a, a redshirt sophomore. I I feel like he's almost a he's very much ready to step in and contribute 20 plus as we've seen on numerous occasions, way more than Josh was at that point. So I think the prediction could very well hold true just cuz he's used to putting up 20 plus a game yeah it's not that abnormal for him at all so i like that that makes total sense so yeah it's i mean that's big east so we'll see how it plays out hopefully it plays out well for us should we talk about some of the other tournaments around the country yeah let's just dive right in couple things I, i'm a big believer in you root for the teams who you played earlier in the year right then and there your focus has to go right away to the southland conference duh duh Nickel State is the one seed in the Southland Conference. We played them in the second game of the year. It was like a 90-possession game that ended 113-77. to <laughs> But, yeah, Nickel State, Southland, better watch the Southland. I don't even know what channel they're on. I, are, are they on a channel? Yeah, like, but it doesn't matter. You should watch it on, like, ESPN3. They're probably on, like, HGTV or, or something like that. Or Fox Sports Go, whatever channel you need to get. CBS, SN3. Or whatever it is, watch the Southland Conference. Gonna be exciting. On a on another note, a little bit more seriously, I'm actually looking at the ACC tournament this year. Yeah. So we brought it up earlier about how we're rooting for Virginia. Yep. But the ACC's got a lot of bubble teams. It's got it's got some weird storylines to follow too. ACC. Uh, look, I would say. I was talking to you earlier, and I said, hey, I want to go – I really want to go watch Virginia play. I If the Big East tournament wasn't this week, I would go to all the ACC games that I can just because there is a ton of great storylines there. There's going to be a lot of great basketball played and a lot of different styles too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really big mishmash. And you have <laughs> – Good use of mishmash. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> How – how excited are you for the ACC tournament? I'm not as excited as I am not for the Big East. Okay. Right. But ACC 2018 tournament, it's a big mishmash. That's the tagline. <laughs> Is that line. the headline? That's it's the tagline. Hashtag mishmash? Hashtag mishmash. Um, no, but in all seriousness, 
You got Syracuse, who is fighting for their bubble life. Surprise, surprise, Bayheim on the bubble again. Oh, God. You got what I think is a really interesting story in Notre Dame. So a little background on Notre Dame. They won the Maui Invitational. Very prestigious. Yeah, it's a, it was a big tournament. And, and then proceeded to, to lose two of their best players for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, they got up to number five in the country. Yeah, they were, at that point in time, everyone was like, oh, Notre Dame, we have to consider them a legitimate shot to win the ACC this season. Because Bonzi Colson is a stud, and Matt Farrell is... Also really good. An underrated stud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt Farrell is kind of like Notre Dame's Andrew Rousey. I was going to say the same. Also very good looking, piercing eyes. All right, that's a little too much for me. I, I just noticed it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> Nicole doesn't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so Notre Dame lost those players, has not been considered for the tournament for a while. All of a sudden, Bonzi Colson comes back. Farrell was only out for like five or six games. And now, and they pushed UVA to the wire they at did, UVA yeah. over the weekend. So Notre Dame is like, I think, the 10 seed or something like that. If they can win three or four games in the ACC tournament, I think they have an outside shot at grabbing an at-large. And I would go so far as to say if they win the ACC tournament, <laughs> they'll probably make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> All right, I, enough, we need enough, to have enough. a school for Rob on how automatic qualifiers <laughs> work. But no, but to your point, I think if they go on a run, I think the, t- the committee's got to consider them as a team to look out for. Yeah, I, I think you're right because it, it's very much. And first of all, Bonzi in his first game back just made a statement. It I think was he had electric. Like 24 and it was against Pitt, though. Look, 24 and 15 against anybody's great. So. I'll take it. He basically came back and said, I'm ready to play, right? Because yeah. you can come back and say, oh, yeah, I chipped in 5 and, and 10. Or like, No, he chipped in 24 and 15. That's, that's good against anybody, even like a Division two team like Pitt. I think he's ready to play. That team is absolutely – they've got to be playing a bit with a chip on their shoulder, and they want to show the, the committee that, yeah, we are actually one of the top 68 teams in the country, which, frankly, I think they are. I wish, I wish Colson had come back a couple games earlier. Yeah. Just because so a couple, just so was like that couple of games, they would have changed their record by like two more wins or so. Totally and different it would have been story. A whole different complexion. And and you just think he would have been way more worked into the rotation at that point. They would have been normal, and I think the likelihood of them actually making a run in the ACC would have been higher than it is. So the committee is allowed to look at injuries um, and how that impacts a resume. That being said, they can't flip. They can't presume that the team would have won a game that they lost. But what they can say is they can get those losses discounted a little bit if they make a little bit of a run here and get to the numerical amount of wins that would get them consideration. Yeah. Um, moving on, NC State. Yeah, actually, I want to go back to... We previously said root for UVA in the ACC tournament. I want to change that. I want, I want everybody here to root for NC State, and I'll tell you why. Right now, NC State is projected as an 8-9 seed. And in some brackets, I've seen them teed up against us in that second round game. And I want to note, some people may say, oh, you're scared of NC State because of what happened in 2015. And that's a totally different team. That is not at all the reason. NC State is a very good team. They've beaten UNC, Duke, Duke, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, 
They have beaten elite teams this year, and their only bad losses are Northern Iowa and Georgia Tech. That's two bad losses. We have two bad losses. This team knows how to get up and beat elite teams, and that scares me. And that's exactly the type of team that the committee seems to love to slate against us. Absolutely. It's either going to be us or Xavier they're going to play. So here's what I want. NC State needs to go on a run in the ACC tournament. So there's no chance that they wind up on the 7 through 10 line. Yeah, they'll play their way up to like a 6. We'll see them in in the Sweet 16 or whatever. Fine. Yeah, fine. I'll take it then. Yeah, absolutely. So root for NC State, bottom line. All right, so... Anything else interesting in the ACC? I'm done. I I don't want to talk about the ACC anymore. I'm still pissed at them. Um, Louisville's also a bubble team, so look out for them. They blew their shot. Against UVA. Oh, my God. That was the wildest ending I've ever seen. Literally just throw the ball in the air down the court. Yeah. It doesn't matter. At all. If it hits someone's head. Yes. The clock starts and the game's over. Anyway. Um, SEC? The SEC is interesting. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you got – I'm rooting for Tennessee. Going back to your theory. Going back to my theory of root for the teams who you beat. Yeah. So – who you played. So I'm rooting for Tennessee – um, just like I'm rooting for Gonzaga in the WCC because I want to see those teams win because the better they play, the better we look. It's like, wow, Villanova beat the SEC champion. So I'm rooting for Tennessee. But, I mean, no one wants to see Kentucky right now. And, yeah, Kentucky's going to be another team that's going to be not that great seated. And they're coming on at the right time. No, they, they no, 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 no. They got, they got, they got thrashed by by Florida. Who Florida's coming on at the right time, but but Kentucky had been before that game had been winning some games and looking like they were gelling. Look, I'm just saying, if we got Kentucky very early in the tournament, I would not be concerned. Uh, I don't, I just don't agree with that at all. <laughs> but I don't want to see an SEC team at all early on in the tournament. To be candid, I, I think that they play. A, I think the SEC plays a really tough and athletic brand of basketball and i i could see it being it could be an, uh, an ugly game for anybody so i'm hoping that we avoid the sec early on mm. uh auburn also had a great start to the year i think they tapered off a little bit late yeah. they got a couple teams that could work their way back onto the bubble so the sec tournament should actually be an interesting tournament to watch yeah definitely moving on the ivy oh Let's talk about the smart kids. If you're not watching the Ivy League tournament this week, you've made a mistake. Yep, because UPenn, co-Ivy League champion with Harvard. How many conference champions did we beat this year? We should tally that. Yeah, we've had a... I mean, Nichols, Penn, Tennessee, Western Gonzaga. Kentucky. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yep. Western Kentucky was almost there. So at least four. Xavier. Xavier? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Five, all right. So... If we would have played Arizona, we would beat Arizona too, but... Yeah, no, Arizona decided that they didn't want to come to the Bahamas. Yeah. So, so, the, so Penn is playing in the... So the Ivy League does this cool thing. I actually love this idea. They play a four-team tournament with their best four teams. Uh, so one plays four, two plays three. The winner of those two games plays each other for the, for the automatic bid. They just started that a couple of years ago. I think it's a great look. Yeah, because they used uh, to not have a tournament. No, it used to be just the regular season champion makes the tournament. So UPenn is is in if they can win two games, and that gets them into the uh, to the big dance. So let's go Penn. They're at home at the Palestra playing, so hopefully they can get it going. That's fun. Another person mascot, though, the Quakers. Oh, also a weird one. Yep. Um, and then 
And then another one to look out for, we highlighted earlier, is the AAC. I don't like the American Athletic Conference. I think it's garbage. No one likes the American no, Athletic no, the Conference. The people in the conference don't like the conference. Absolutely. But everybody wants out. Cincinnati and Wichita State have already played two of the more entertaining games of the year. So everyone's hoping that they get a third round. Um, is there anything else that you're looking for around the conference championships? The Big 12 is going to be too... The only thing I'm looking for in the Big 12 is I want to see Oklahoma get thrashed. And I want to see Trey Young go 0 for 10 from 3. I don't hate Trey Young. I don't hate Trey Young either. I just want Jalen to wrap up that Player of the Year. I don't think Trey Young's even a even in the consideration for Player. I don't of the know year. how you can say he's not in the consideration. Like he, he didn't even win Big Twelve Player of the Year. I know. I I understand. I understand. I expect him to like pull the Chiron and be like, "Hey, I didn't win this lesser award, but I actually won the big one." I I actually want Oklahoma to lose. Nothing because of Trey Young, but because I want I invite the media frenzy around. Are they going to be in the tournament or not? Like, what's going to happen? Like, Oklahoma has all these good wins, but they've lost so many games. Like, how are they going to – I want that. I, 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 I savor that possibility. And also I savor the possibility of the tournament committee making the stupid pick of that sample selection show back in um, – back in early February where they put Oklahoma as a four seed and then have to decide if they're going to actually exclude them from the tournament. That would be good. I want the selection committee to have to chew on that embarrassment a little bit. That would be good. The only other other tournament we'll touch on real quick is the Pac-12. I don't think there is all that much interest in the Pac-12 aside from Arizona and more around everything else that's going on at Arizona besides basketball. If you think about Sean Miller is now back coaching after the little hiatus due to the FBI investigation, the ESPN report. Minor hiatus. Minor hiatus. DeAndre Ayton is, has continued to play and is definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder at this point. And Trier is now back from his mini suspension as well. So they've got everybody back now. Presumably everybody pissed off a little bit. So I'm curious to see just how much damage they can actually do in the Pac-12 tournament? Are they just going to demolish everybody and set themselves up to say, yeah, we're ready for the NCAAs? Or are they just going to continue to stutter and not do much in the tournament? In which case, all right, then I'm not really scared of them in the NCAAs either. That's my only other tournament to watch out for. All right. You heard it here. You heard it here. All right. I think that's probably about it, right? Yeah. So we wrapped up. This is conference championship season. Highlighted by the Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. It's on. We're excited. We're excited. If you couldn't tell, we're pretty jacked up about this. Pretty excited. I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll reconvene after the Big East Tournament. And we'll talk a little bit about the selection show, which we have to look forward to on, on Sunday evening. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, – until next time. Oh, as always, um, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes – or follow us on Twitter at the full four zero. Same with Instagram. Check us out. Also, just started a Facebook page. Oh, great! We're on yeah. Facebook. I didn't even know. Yeah, there you okay. go. I've heard of Facebook. I've heard of Facebook. Yeah, you might have heard of it. Yeah, but definitely check us out. Follow us if you like it. Share it. Review us, but really only if you like us. Because if you don't like it, just just don't bother. Um, but yeah, just stop listening. Just just actually just stop listening. Yeah, please. There's no way you made it to the end of this podcast anyway. All right. Um, should we close it out? Yeah, let's close it out. Thanks for listening. See you after the Big East Tournament. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.